This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Thank you for joining me. This is the Danny Mac Podcast. My name is Dan McNeil. We are produced today by Sam Michael. Adam Delavitt is baby Capone. He is the boss at Podcast Operations Central. Everything that is Bet Rivers, whether it's the Misser, Mike Missinelli in Philly, uh, ooh, tough day in Philly today. And uh, or if it's Mike Francesa in the Apple, don't mind the maggots. Uh huh. It's the Bet Rivers Podcast Network, and I want to talk with you today about something that typically is a conversation in July in Chicago lands historically, and I would bet this goes back to 1992 when the Score Sports Radio 820 at the time was in its first season, uh, Chicago's original sports, Yacker, was in year number one in that baseball season because it was so new and the genre was so new, took on more importance than the team's performances uh, dictated, even though the White Sox still had one of the best right-handed hitters in baseball, maybe the best in Frank Thomas, who in 93 was the league MVP, got it again in the strike-shortened year of 94 but uh on the north side of town it was tough sledding once Maddox left Greg Maddox left the Cubs they went into a long funk until they won the wild card in 98 but conversation began to to change in those early years we we began to regard July as what we termed the sports abyss because baseball season already had become an arduous exercise in bad years. And let's face it, the Cubs are of more interest than the White Sox. So even when the Sox were in the 93 ALCS, more of the focus was on what the hell the Bulls are going to do without Michael Jordan, who announced his retirement the first time while the Sox were losing to the Blue Jays in game six during the game of the ALCS. So uh, the the spotlight taken away from the White Sox even when they were in the championship series in their league. So the sports abyss became a part of the vernacular in Chicago sports talk, and there are two of them on the calendar. The one in July when baseball season is tiring and you're looking forward to when football teams go to training camp, how many days until the Bears are in pads, I began to ask that uh, not-so-musical question years back. And then there's February when there's a post-Super Bowl hangover 
you know, in my case, postpartum depression, because I know I will miss my game and I'll miss it immediately. And you have the basketball and baseball or uh, hockey team settling into their long winter. And you have that break with the all-star weekend, all-star festivities for the NBA and also for the NHL. Again, that garnering White Sox-like interest when compared to the Cubs, when compared to the NBA with the NHL. The sports abyss this year has come early, and I'll tell you why. The White Sox are a broken frickin' record. I, I am tired of hearing the name of Tony La Russa invoked, and that's why I really love the podcast world, and I'm listening to more of them, and I'm spending more time listening to music when I'm on the road more commuting because it's fishing season, and I trust very few listeners whether you're in any states other than Minnesota and Wisconsin around here, probably don't want to hear a lot of fishing conversation. And I understand that it's a recreational activity and there's only so much, so much people can take uh, when it comes to recreational activities, because I've learned over the years, most dudes after the age of 35 sit on their goddamn asses all the time and don't do anything. They don't play golf anymore. They don't, they, they don't go on fishing trips, even if they were interested in it as a younger man. Once you get past 35, something happens to a lot of dudes. I, I, I'm glad I'm not among them. But uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, you could talk muskies. You could talk walleyes. But uh, you can't really do that for very long in Chicago. So you have the winter when NBA and NHL are on hold. You have the summer during baseball season. And I'm tired of hearing... White Sox conversation, that is, especially when it's fan-driven, because White Sox fans, while they entertain me for a while, really don't say anything new. They don't say anything you can't garner simply from watching a couple of White Sox games or even just reading a couple of White Sox stories. Shit, just look at the box score from Sunday. That's all you need to know in their series loss to the Astros. They lost Sunday's wrap-up 4-3. to Tim Anderson... Um, one for five. He's he's batting 260. His on-base percentage sucks. Andrew Vaughn was 0 for 4. He's been more bad than good. Yohan Moncada is back, of course. He was 0 for 3 Sunday. And uh, Luis Robert continues to hit solo home runs. So that's, that's an upside for the White Sox, who got a mixed bag from Lucas Giolito. Yesterday in the wrap-up of that series, the Cubs get to go to Houston now to uh, to begin a series tonight. I think it's tonight. And uh, I'm just tired of the same old nonsense from White Sox. Ryan, uh, Reinsdorf's got to sell the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, that would be great if he did. He won't. If the family decides to sell when Jerry passes and he's in his 80s, then we can have the conversation. Right now, it, you know, and it's it's a very dark conversation, too, when you feel like your team's only way of making forward progress is the death of an owner. And we have evidence that it did produce results in a positive direction with the Blackhawks three Stanley, Stanley Cup championship banners. Those things don't happen if Bill Wirtz doesn't pass away and Rocky Wirtz took over and hired the right people. So while I'm wanting the departure from White Sox conversation when I'm talking about sports or enjoying trying to enjoy sports on the radio, 
I get Cubs conversation that now is becoming a little bit redundant as well because the Cubs have settled into after 40-ish games, they, they've settled into being the worst thing in sports in sports talk, and that is hovering around the 500 mark. After their crushing loss yesterday in Minneapolis, the Cubs are a couple of games below the 500 mark. They're 19 and 21. They're still third best in the National League in run differential. Only Houston and the Dodgers are better in that department. But Marcus Stroman, who got tattooed yesterday in Mini, he's coming back to the numbers at the back of his baseball card. I'm done with interviews with David Ross. He rarely says anything. He's not as interesting as he was as a player. And he's a regular on the Cubs flagship. Lawrence Holmes, Dan Bernstein. On Wednesdays, you get Layla Rahimi in the mix. But I just, uh, those interviews are predictable. They're about things that, are of very little interest to me often is the occasion. I don't care about some of the lesser important components of this roster. I'm, you know, I just, 500 is a death wish. Yes, it's been great to have Dansby Swanson in town. But the Cubs very soon, if you're not there already, and I know there's some reasons to be encouraged. I'm not saying there aren't. I just gave them credit for their run differential. Marcus Stroman's been a lot of good. Swanson's been good. The second baseman's been way better than I ever thought he was going to be this year. So there are positives, but in terms of just doing things other than watching the games and watching development and some of the new guys who might be a part of a core that wins something, the conversation is is redundant. It's dull. With both the White Sox and the Cubs being a broken record, I I just feel like I want things that are away from the old diamond, the old Roman's Diamond Palace or the shrine on the north side. Give me non-sports conversation. Shit, that's when sports radio as it is at its best, in my opinion, when it crosses the line and becomes personality radio. And not every show has players who are capable of it. Some are very poor at it, and, and some are exceptional. And as the all-important spring ratings book gets rolling here, my money is on the Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel show to be the best of the bunch this spring if they can keep away from baseball minutia while still capturing the spirit of the good stuff that's happening. Spiegel's a damn good baseball guy, so I want to hear him talk about the good things. I just don't need the minutia. What I want to hear Matt Spiegel talk about today, for example, As I'm making a long commute with my son, I want to hear Matt talk about spending the weekend with his 90-year-old father as Herb Spiegel celebrated birthday number 90 out east. My brother in gout, uh, Herb is a good man, and uh, I know Matt has been very, very close to him over the years. They share a baseball kindred ship uh, for uh, Matt's entire life, and I, I want to hear him talk about that. I want to hear Danny Parkins continue about processing the death of his big brother and hero, Brad, who fought courageously against geoblastoma for more than two and a half years, almost three years. And uh, I I didn't think by the time I was, I, I didn't think he would make the first of the year. When Danny and I last were together in early September of 2020, it, it, it appeared very grim at the time. Danny said he's the toughest son of a bitch I know, and he wound up being proven right on that one. 
as well as he was on Wilson Contreras. Because uh, I thought the Cubs should have kept him. Maybe not so much this past offseason. I, I'm getting off topic. I want to hear Shane Reardon talk about his barbecue, what meat you got for me this week. I want to hear the crisp, wonderful production Chris Tannehill provides. I don't need effing baseball. I really don't. And I don't need to continue to debate or even hear the, the prospect of Luke Getze getting another job if the Bears are great offensively. Just screw that for now. Let's get Justin Fields into the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, and then we can have that conversation. There's a lot to be positive about the Bears, but man, so many days away still until they're in shells. We can't use 90s jargon. We can't say in pads because they don't wear pads anymore. They wear shells in training camp to protect themselves. And it's the right thing to do, but it prevents good football from being on our televisions first couple weeks of the season. It's a, it's a reasonable price to pay start slow. Okay. You know, don't, don't be in football shape like the bears when they opened against green Bay during game one of the Khalil Mack era slash Matt Nagy era in 2018. They weren't in shape. They died in the second half of that game. Nagy went easy on him in training camp. And Mac, you know, in fairness to Mac, he didn't have the benefit of a training camp. He was awesome in the first half, and his tongue was hanging on the emerald turf of Lambeau Field in the second half. I want to, to hear guys talk about things that are fun, and whether it's Danny and Matt or whether it's David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood who can have a great time Need to stay away from tickling that phone line as much as they do. But I want to hear them talk about fun things. Their producer, Shay, brought up something a while ago. And if you've heard me reference this already, my apologies for the redundancy. But I think it's a story worth sharing again. What what was one of the funniest things I've heard this year on the radio was when Shay asked about What do you do with a 10-foot whale penis? Because apparently a whale penis washed up on shore somewhere. And uh, they didn't know when they found this piece of equipment lying on the beach. They didn't know what the F it was. They weren't sure. They could tell it was once a part of a living organism, but no idea what it was until marine biology uh, biologists identified it as a whale penis. And Kaplan asked, I think it was Cap asked Hoodie, what the hell do you do with a 10-foot whale penis? And Hoodie paused, and Jonathan said, give it to Ron Kittle, see if he can get a bench or two out of it. I don't know. Ron Kittle makes benches, for those of you who don't get the joke. Makes makes benches out of baseball bats. And as I've always told him, boy, there's nothing more comfortable if you have back problems than a bench that's made out of freaking baseball bats. So do those things. Wicked Tune has been interesting, if you want to talk about some things that are not regarding whale penises, but maybe they'll discover a tuna penis this year. Um, By the way, Tyler McLaughlin on uh, Pinwheel having a uh, a tremendous second half to this 13th season. Is it 12 or 13 for Wicked Tuna? I don't suspect you know. And there's some hockey conversation I want to get to next and what we're hearing on the radio during this sports abyss that could change. And I think some change would be for the better when talking about the other winter team. 
I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week, typically on Monday late mornings we drop, and then again later in the week on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. Here's some hockey I want to hear if they're willing to do it. Tell me about Connor Bedard. Tell me a lot about him. All I know is that he's from North Vancouver. He scored 143 points last year as one of the greatest prospects in the history of amateur hockey in Canada, and he's yet to turn 18. Those are good things. He's a can't miss. He's Connor McDavid a few years after McDavid. And I don't know why every road has to lead back to the Kyle Beach scandal. I don't want to be insensitive because it's terrible to do so. I heard somebody say, move on. That's, especially in that tone, that was rough for me. But I understand the emotion. Everybody who was empowered in 2010, when the Blackhawks turned their head and didn't watch or didn't report, didn't do anything about the video assistant who sexually assaulted one of their players, Kyle Beach, Those people are all gone. Did the league punish them enough? I don't know. I haven't looked whether there's any precedent in any just common sense. Probably not. But they didn't punish the Hawks. So to me, the morning after the the Blackhawks fans here, they won the draft lottery. That's not the right time to bring it up. Now, some will say that's exactly the right effing time, Mac. What's wrong with you? There needs to be more awareness. I think people are aware that sexual assault is deplorable and people who are guilty of it should be incarcerated or at least tried. And uh, it's inexcusable what happened. And it's inexcusable for McDonough and Quenville. I won't indict Taves. It was a 20-year-old kid at the time, as some have done. But uh, I I just I didn't want to hear that recently and I don't want to hear it anymore this summer kudos to Dan Bernstein for having such a passion for exposing reprehensible behavior whether it's in in so-called Happy Valley Pennsylvania with the Penn State scandal 11 12 years ago how he followed that I, I appreciate how he has gone to bat for those who have been whose lives have been shattered uh, by sexual abuse, sexual assault, rape, child abuse. Man, it's off. And and Dan does a good job with it. I believe he's sincere when he does it, but I don't want to hear about it all the time. Not all roads need to go back to beach. They don't. Give me a little bit more. Give me, you know, and again, it's an off season. So a lot of it's verbal masturbation anyway. Off seasons are that just as they are with the Bears right now. But there is a lot of optimism. Rather than the wringing of hands over the White Sox, give me things that are non-sports related. There's there's new pop culture coming out. There's a new Ben Affleck movie. I, I count on 
Parkins and Spiegel to give me that one. Now, Dan, Dan Bernstein and I park our cars in the same garage on a lot of movie topics. I enjoyed exchanging texts with him recently about the menu. Great dark Ray Fiennes role. The darkest movie character since Lecter back in 91. Anthony Hopkins. I loved it. I'd like to hear talk about movies that are that aren't Marvel or DC. I, I don't. I Lawrence is very passionate about it. I'm, I'm not interested. And Lawrence has got good taste in some movies too. He he turned me on to Warrior ten or eleven years ago. Warrior is a story about family family dysfunction, even though the backdrop is mixed martial arts, which do not interest me ever. I don't ever want to watch mixed martial arts on television, certainly in person. I think it's hideous that we're in the 21st century and people are still doing that. But I don't judge them. I just, it's not for me. But the movie was about an alcoholic father played by Nick Nolte, who was terribly neglectful of his younger or two sons, youngest of two sons, who was played by a guy I have a man crush for, Joel Edgerton. Edgerton is a physics teacher at the high school level. He has a couple of daughters and he's he's hurting financially. So he gets back into the octagon and he trains for Sparta. A million dollars, winner take all, the prize in Atlantic City. And his little or his yeah, his little brother, Tom Hardy. I think I might have called Brendan the youngest. That was a mistake. He was the older of the two because he split when he fell in love with a woman who wound up being his wife and the mother of his kids. And Tom Hardy resented him for that because their biological mother was dying. And Nick Nolte, alcoholic, uh, very involved, deeply entrenched in his alcoholic behaviors, was not there for, for his kids. And Edgerton accused him of being a front runner and always standing behind Tommy, who was a war hero. But he rejected being a war hero and didn't really seek any attention for it for it during his ascent to the championship match at Sparta. Frank Grillo, if you know Frank Grillo, is uh, is a is a trainer and promoter for fighters in this, and he's a really good actor. And I, I Lawrence turned me on to that. Give me more movies like that. I don't really want to hear Ant-Man. Even though I have a little bit, I can tolerate the superhero genre. My son, Patrick, who's 29 and severely autistic, likes them. As long as they're not too violent, I'll I'll watch. I'll fast forward through some of the stuff, stand in front of the television. So, And I can still do a total eclipse of the TV if I get myself in the right position, even though I'm a smaller man than I used to be. But I don't I don't mind when I'm with Pat. I, I just don't want to hear people talking about it on the radio. And I came around on uh, Captain America Winter Soldier a while back. That was the one uh, hunky boy, um, one of the Chris's, Chris Pine. I think that's Chris Pine. Was he the one? Chris Evans. Yeah, it was Chris Evans, who later was in uh, Knives Out. Hunky. Very, very hunky. Uh, so talk about those things for me. I don't need a breakdown of the back end of the Cubs bullpen. I don't care what they're doing near the trading line until they trading deadline until they do it. Uh, 
White Sox roster reconstruct, dumping salary when you can. Let it happen. Tell me about what you're grilling this weekend. Tell me about your family. Make me feel something or make me laugh. That's when you can distance yourself from the other ones during the so-called abyss. Because we're fucking here already. I mean, it's it's only mid-May, and we are in the abyss. In Chicago, we're in the abyss. I cannot speak, nor do I want to, for other cities. But this is abyss-mol, if you will. And I don't need the gnash of teeth. I don't want to watch all these games involving teams that aren't going to be good. I watch the highlights on quick pitch. In four and a half minutes, I find out everything I need to know about last night's Cubs game or last night's White Sox game. MLB, it's the best produced show on television. It includes the radio and TV voices of both teams seamlessly bridged to bring you the... Sometimes you hear three different crews' description during the same play. That's cool shit. That's television at its best. And it minimizes the yak factor from hosts reading teleprompters. I I know who Bryce Harper is. I don't need a preamble. Um that's maybe you don't share my feelings on and that's cool. That's why there's vanilla. That's why there's chocolate, says the long-term voice of the Bulls. And I don't need Bulls stuff. I don't need any freaking NBA right now. And there's a good story in the NBA. Boston beats Philly last night. Game seven. They thrashed Philly, I should say. Game seven of the Eastern semis. And after the game, the great Joel Embiid pointed the finger at his teammates. Son of a bitch had a deuce in the second. He scores two points in the second half, and I think he was five for 17 from the field or something like that. And he's got the balls to say after his team loses again, you can't do it all by yourself. (laughs) Well, he wasn't all by himself. The great James Harden chipped in nine points. He should probably think about going away soon, shouldn't he? I just don't. I You know, outside of Philly, Boston. I got the headlines. I certainly don't want to hear teeth gnashing over it for seven, eight, ten minutes. No reason in Chicago to worry about the 76ers not living up to their promises they made to their fan base. I don't give a shit. And nobody in your listening audience gives a damn about the 76ers' plight you kidding me? Give me whale penis. Give me the human condition. Celebrating a dad's 90th birthday or your healing process, losing your older brother shortly after he turns 50, I think. And that's several months after Danny lost his dad, big game Tom. Let me hear about that, and I'll, specifically with Parkins, because when I was paired with Danny until very late in our less than three-year partnership, it was easy for guys to hear him talk about his life and be turned off because he wasn't very relatable. His has been a charmed life despite the horrible trauma he had to go through with scoliosis and crap surgeries that he had to have when he was eight, nine, ten years old, and then just before he was supposed to be cleared for regular activity 
the fusion didn't take and they had to do more work on him. And a kid who grew up dreaming of playing point for the Bulls realized quickly, probably before he had hair on his nuts, that he was never going to be the point guard at New Trier. So he used his sports passion in a different way, and he used how to influence people and make landscapes with his words and have opinions. And he's very talented, and I root for him. But his life, other than that, was perceived to be one of privilege, and it was. He talked about a spring break when Big Game Tom took him on a recruiting trip for college at USC. <laughs> And uh, it's like Bernstein to telling you about the differences between French cuisine and uh, something he had in uh, southern Italy one time. Well, let me tell you a little bit. Um, Danny was then he goes through horrible tragedy. His first son, Owen, is born crazy premature and is in, you know, the hospital. And this it just was horrible. He and his wife, Stephanie, going through that. And then his dad was sick and then he got the bomb dropped on him early in the pandemic about Brad and um, it makes him more relatable. He has suffered life's challenging events, the things that vex us, the things that drive us to our knees. I would rather hear talk about that than hear Tony fricking LaRusso's name brought up. Please give me Ben Affleck movies. Give me more. And and, and Sylvie and Watt will have a chance here, too, because I'd like to hear them get better at their non-sports aru. They're both very talented. They've got a long tenure together. They do sports very well together, and I'm in, especially, you know, during Bears season. I want to hear all of the shows on the dial. David Haw is a football opinion I want to hear regularly and Mully too when he's not being too verbose I I value his football opinions because he knows the damn game but I, I, there should have been in my life more memorable moments listening to Sylvie and Waddle there haven't been enough of them tell me about more than sports and be more entertaining when you do Waddle was using piss as a verb the other day um, pissing the act of that used to be a no-no when ESPN was a Disney op. You couldn't say that. You couldn't say it at the score either. You can't involve the act of it. You could say pissed off. You could say, but you can't say I was pissing outside my truck the other day while driving back on a fishing trip and a state trooper went by. And I thought for sure I was going to join the Kerry Wood club and get arrested for urination. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. I pulled way off the side of the road where I was not visible. Uh, Joe Davies County, Illinois. Hello. So, Waddle, give me, uh, give me some. You know, and if, if it goes to the bathroom, I'm cool with that. I am, I am cool with that. You know, and Carmen DeFalco can use this abyss to sing the praises of all of his whiskeys. And I have developed a little bit of a taste for rye whiskey. So, Carm, anytime you want to feed me some rye whiskey conversation, I am right here for you. No longer on the bourbon or scotch train. So give me some rye chatter and remind people that their grill suit should be so hot when they put their steak on it. You've got to hear sizzle, sizzle. Can't remember. Well, what was the riff? I rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, something like that. 
uh, car X. I was thinking the car X jingle when I was talking about Carmen DeFalco's uh, truism that he has shared before. Get your damn grill hot before you put your meat or your fish on it. If you don't hear sizzle when the meat meets the grill, get that fire up. You want to make a good sear mark. That's about all I got for you today. The abyss needs to be made tolerable by people talking about life. As Ron Gleason once told the world, the score should be. Thank you for listening. I will be back at least once later this week because I have more things to say about uh, the NFL. I didn't get to my list that I heard brought up uh, on ESPN the other day as to where Justin Fields fits in. We've got a long time this offseason. That's how I'm programming the abyss. And I'm going to tell you later in the week about the greatest bluegill weekend of my career. I have brought the uh, crappie rod and my lighter action tackle out of retirement, and I am finding harvest fishing, fishing for food that you actually want to eat, uh, something I can do again. I'll share that with I know you're going to line up for that, right? But we don't have to talk about La Russa any damn more. Adam Delavitt, thanks for these chances with Bet Rivers. Sam Michael, thank you for producing the show. Have a great start to your week, everybody. I'm Danny Mack. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mack Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.